0: works faith in our hearts. In glorification, we become new people eventually. Right now, the transformation that we experience is, is partial. It's incomplete. But when Jesus comes again, he will finish the work that he started. One of the first disciples who is not mentioned by name in our passage this morning, is the Apostle John. We believe that he's the mystery disciple who came with Andrew the very first time when when Jesus called the disciples. John is very humble, the Apostle John, and so he rarely mentions himself by name. That's what we think happened here. In one of the Apostle John's last letters that he wrote to the church, he was Perhaps the last apostle left, he was very much eagerly looking forward to seeing Jesus face to face. He wrote to the churches this in 1 John 3, two, Beloved, we are God's children now. We have become God's children. And what we will be has not yet appeared. But we know that when he appears, we shall be like him because we will see him as he is this is the good news of the gospel of jesus christ if you are a disciple of jesus if you believe in him if he is your lord your savior your mediator your king then you have become a new person the old you is dead the new you is alive praise god You have been justified. You have been loved. You have been born again. God loves you because he loves you because he loves you. And nothing can ever separate you from God's love. It is finished. But not only have you become a new person, which is good news, you are becoming a new person Which is good news. You are growing. You are changing. You are getting stronger. You are getting wiser. 20 years from now, you're going to look back on the person that you are today and you're going to say, I barely recognize that person. Look how much stronger I am today. Look how much more faith I have today. Look how much more love is flowing from God into me and through me. I've truly been born again. And someday when Jesus comes again, we will become new people. We will be found in him and him alone, gloriously complete. The work that God began in you will be finished when you see Jesus face to de- face on resurrection day. Discipleship is about becoming Jesus gives us new names, he gives us new identities, he gives us new destinies, which is something that only Jesus can do, because Jesus is God, and Jesus is good. Second big idea, discipleship is about worshiping. So it's about becoming new names, new identities, but it's also about worshiping. Verse 47, Jesus saw Nathanael coming toward him, and he said of him, behold, an Israelite indeed, in whom there is no deceit. Essentially what he's saying is, Nathaniel is a straight shooter. He calls it like he sees it. There's not a lot of pretense. There's not, no guile with Nathaniel. He just says it as it is. Nathaniel said to him, how do you know me? Jesus answered him, before Philip called you, when you were under the fig tree, I saw you. Nathaniel answered him, Rabbi, you are the son of God. You are the king of Israel. That's worship. Disciples are worshipers. Well, what is a worshiper? Are you a worshiper? Well, I'm glad you asked. So let me break it down for you. If you're, again, if you're a note taker, this is our A, B, and C. Some of you who are a little bit more uh, engineering minded would appreciate that. A, B, and C. Disciples are a, people who dis- ascribe glory to God. Listen to what Nathaniel said about Jesus. Jesus, you are the Son of God. Jesus, you are the King of Israel. In other words, Jesus, you are my God. Jesus, you are my King. You are the King of kings and the Lord of lords, and there is no one more glorious than you. Can you say that about Jesus? Do you believe that Jesus is the Son of God? Do you believe that He is the Savior of sinners? Do you believe that He is the King, not only of Israel, not only of of your life, but the King of kings and the Lord of lords over every nation and every people and every person? Is that who He is to you? Is Jesus your only comfort In life and in death. Do you live your life to glorify and enjoy him? That's what a worshiper is. There's more. Disciples of Jesus, B, proclaim the greatness of Jesus. So we ascribe glory to Jesus, but we also proclaim the glory of Jesus. Nathaniel said these things out loud in public. His contemplation about the glory of Jesus led to proclamation of the glory of Jesus. You can almost hear Nathaniel shouting this out. Now, the exclamation marks that you see in your English text aren't original in the Greek because Greek doesn't have exclamation marks. But all the translators put exclamation marks there because you can almost hear Nathaniel shouting these words. Jesus You are the Son of God. You are the the King of Israel. No one on earth means as much as you mean to me. You can hear the passion there. Worship is a verb. Worship is an action. It's something that we say. It's something that we sing. It's something that we write. It's something that we do. It is an activity that requires us once a week, to wake up a little bit earlier than maybe we would want to wake up? (laughs) To come to a building? To get little kids dressed and ready for church and to try to get breakfast thrown together in some way before running out the door and getting into the car? But it's important. Lying in bed, you can do a lot of ascribing glory to Jesus, but you can't do a lot of proclaiming glory. The glory of Jesus. Which, by definition, requires other people to hear your proclamations of the glory of Jesus. Worship, that's all ascribing, all internal, and no proclaiming, no external, is not true worship. And disciples are called to be worshipers. Disciples of Jesus proclaim the greatness of Jesus. Jesus. We all proclaim the greatness of what we love, do we not? If a new show comes on TV, we say, hey, have you seen the new Jack Ryan show? Man, it's awesome. It's the best. (laughs) I went to a new restaurant this week. I told everyone about it. Oh man, it was great. It was such great atmosphere. The food is fantastic. This is the best restaurant in town. I love this place. This is the best coffee maker I've ever had. As disciples of Jesus, We proclaim the excellencies of Jesus. He's awesome. He is glorious. He is amazing. He's incredible. We will never get over the grace of God as long as we live as disciples. We are like people who have bones that are set on fire. And we have to let it loose to proclaim the glories of him who called us out of darkness Into his marvelous light. Disciples of Jesus, three, worship Jesus by making sacrifices. Because we have limited time and energy and resources, we have to allocate our resources to the person or people or things that mean the most to us. The things that we consider most glorious in this life. That person or thing, whether it is Jesus or an idol, becomes our functional God, our functional Savior. To put it another another way, you can tell Who your true God is if you look at how you spend your time, your money, and your energy. Look at your bank statement. Look at your calendar. Look at your browser history. Disciples of Jesus allocate their resources to things that glorify Jesus, which involves making sacrificial choices about how we use our time and our money and our energy. We do this knowing that God has already given the greatest sacrifice there is. Jesus sacrificed himself for us. And because of this, we are only sacrificing what we cannot keep in order to gain what we cannot lose. That's what worship is. Having breathed in the grace of God... We breathe out gratitude in the word, in the sacraments, in prayer, in the everyday choices that we make, the habits of the heart that we cultivate. The gospel writes a new song on our hearts. And our calling as disciples of Jesus is to sing that song with all of our heart and all of our mind and all of our will, so that all that is within us might glorify his holy name. Third big idea. Discipleship is not only about becoming, it's not only about worshiping, it's about belonging. Discipleship happens in community. Disciple, discipleship happens when we go and see Jesus with our friends. Discipleship happens when we love and serve each other. Discipleship happens when we read and pray together. It happens when we mourn together. It happens when we rejoice together. Discipleship happens when Andrew talks to his brother Simon about Jesus. It happens when Philip invites his friend Nathaniel to come and see. Now, this is somewhat anecdotal, but over the years, I have had a lot of conversations with a lot of people about Jesus. I have shared the gospel with people, and I have been privileged to hear people pray prayers of faith, to say, yes, I believe. Yes, I want Jesus in my life. Yes, I'm a sinner. I need God's grace, and I'm trusting in Jesus to give me the grace that I need. I've seen it over and over again, and each and every time, it is amazing. I have discipled young men. I have walked with young men for years and years. And I've seen a common thread that connects those who grow in their faith, who become strong in their faith, and those who do not. Those who wither and fall and walk away from Jesus. And it's one word, church. Church makes all the difference in the world when it comes to becoming a disciple of Jesus Christ. Those that find a good church, those who worship with Christian people on most Sunday mornings, those who are in a life group, those who have a Bible study that they're connected to, those who are serving in the church and with the church in the community, those people become, almost without exception, mature, faithful Disciples of Jesus Christ, the ones that don't, don't. Sadly, I can give you the names of probably 10 to 20 people who have not connected with the church and have wandered away from the faith. Thankfully, I can also give you hundreds and hundreds of examples, many more, of people who've made use of what we call the ordinary means of grace who show up on Sunday to listen to sermons and to pray and to sing and to take their turn in the nursery and children's church and to play music on Sunday mornings or help with the sound or hand out bulletins or prepare the elements of the bread and the cup for the Lord's Supper. These people inevitably are growing and thriving in their faith. These people are some of the most amazing people I've ever had the privilege to meet. These are the people that are called the greatest in the kingdom of God. So let me encourage you to stick with the church. Let me encourage you to support the church in, in your worship and your work to the best of your ability. Let, rem- let me remind you that we are the body of Christ. That we are the family of faith. This is where discipleship happens. It happens in the church. Discipleship is about belonging. You belong here. Not because you're perfect. Not because we're perfect. There's only one perfect person in the story. His name is Jesus. You belong here. Because we become disciples together. Fourth big idea, discipleship is about hoping. Now, this is one of my favorite lines in the whole story. So encouraging. Verse 15 Jesus answered him, Nathanael, because I said to you, I saw you under the fig tree. Do you believe? You will see greater things than these. If you are struggling this morning, I want you to hear this loud and clear. You will see greater things than these. Are you struggling with your health? You will see greater things than these. Have you sinned this week? Has someone else sinned against you? You will see greater things than these. Have you been praying for a person first thing when you wake up, last thing before you go to sleep, and you're pleading with God, and you're just not seeing answers to your prayers, you will see greater things than these. This is a word of encouragement for all of you who've had some bad days lately. There's hope. Because of Jesus, there's always hope. But notice this. What does this say to people who are having a great time, who are having their best life, who had a great week, who everything is falling into place for you? Well, in this story, Nathaniel was having a great day. He had already seen something absolutely amazing. Jesus pulls back the curtain just a little bit and essentially said, hey, remember when you were eating under that fig tree? I saw you there. How does he see him there? Because he's God. He knows everything, and he sees everything. He says, I am everywhere, Nathaniel, at the same time. And Nathaniel is so blown away by this, he starts a one-man revival meeting right there on the spot. He starts singing and proclaiming the glory of Jesus. So this is not just hope for strugglers and sufferers. This is for people who are thriving. Hope is for people who are already growing and already changing. For people who are already completely blown away by how awesome Jesus is. You will see greater things than these. If you are a disciple of Jesus Christ, you will see people whose lives are transformed by the gospel of God's grace. Two of my closest friends, great friends who I've known for years and years and years, are convicted felons. Both of them were serving life sentences in prison with the possibility of parole, which, if you know what that phrase means, it's almost a joke. Almost nobody gets paroled from having a life sentence. These two men did. Their lives are completely transformed. They are faithful disciples of Jesus Christ. How did that happen? the Spirit. They, they saw better things than what they saw behind those bars because God is faithful and God is good. You will see people uh, exhibit radical faith and radical generosity and radical hospitality. You will be blown away. You will hear Ordinary people say the most extraordinarily profound things that you have ever heard in your entire life. How does it happen? The Holy Spirit is at work in the lives of his disciples. And because the Holy Spirit is at work in the lives of his disciples, we have hope. Look around. All the bad things, all the good things that we experience you will see greater things than these. Fifth big idea, last one. Discipleship is about believing. Verse 51. And Jesus said to him, Truly, truly, I say to you, you will see heaven opened and the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man. What does he mean? Here's what he means. Discipleship is about believing that Jesus is the story behind all the other stories. It's about opening the Bible and believing that it's all about him. The story that Jesus is referencing here is the story of Jacob's ladder from Genesis chapter 28. In that story, Jacob was on the run, he was feeling discouraged, he felt like God was leaving him behind. He went to sleep and he had a dream. And in the dream he saw a ladder, a ladder connecting from heaven to earth, and angels ascending and descending upon that ladder. That ladder connected heaven and earth. He named the place Bethel. Bethel, the house of God. Now, fast forward to John chapter 1. Jesus arrives, he sees Nathanael, and he says to him, You are going to see angels ascending and descending on me. I am Jacob's ladder, I am the one who connects heaven and earth. In other words, that wasn't just a dream. That was a promise. See, right now, our sin prevents us from ascending the ladder to God. And our sin prevents God from descending the ladder and coming down to us. If God were to come down to us in our sin with our guilt and our shame and all that still attached to us, he would have to come in judgment because God cannot coexist with sin. God cannot be in the presence of sin. Sin is obliterated in the presence of God. So, if we can't climb up the ladder to where God is, and if it's bad news for God to come down the ladder, apart from mercy and grace and forgiveness, how do sinful people gain access to the throne room of God? How can we have a relationship with God? How can we experience the love of God, the latter. Jesus. It's all about him. He is the one mediator between God and man. And as disciples, we believe that every story of redemption that we find in the scriptures is ultimately about him. We believe he rewrites our stories. And so, we can have, because of him, everlasting life in the presence of God, where there is fullness of joy. Jesus came down the ladder to live the life that we should have lived but did not live a life of holiness and truth and love. He came to die the death that we deserve to die for sinning against God, for sinning against one another, for remaining silent. In the, in the face of evil and oppression and violence and hatred, do you believe in him? Do you believe in Jesus? Do you believe that he is the only way to God? Do you believe that every story about love and longing and faith and hope is a story about him? Discipleship is about learning to walk and then eventually learning to run in the path of his commandments. It's about looking more and more like Jesus each and every day. It's about becoming. It's about worshiping. It's about belonging and hoping and believing. Let's go to him now in prayer. Oh Lord our God, we thank you for the the gospel through which we are saved, through which we are becoming new people. I pray, Lord God, that you would change our hearts and change our lives, that we might become your disciples. And I pray, Lord God, that you would give us courage to make disciples as we walk along the path that you have set before us. Hear our prayer. We pray. In the matchless name of Jesus, amen.